Come on, everybody. Here we go. Welcome to the Disney Guides Uncensored. This is episode 178, recorded on October 23rd, 2023. We're your host, Drew and Bob, and on tonight's episode, we take a look at all things spooky and reveal our favorite shorts, films, villains, and rides. Because in the dark of the night, Sir Ichabod Crane, the whispers arise that none can explain. Fly fast, fly far, with all man's might and main. But here in my hometown, if you still remain, I'll catch you and kill you, Ichabod Crane. Let us not leave the headless horseman waiting any longer, Bob. Let's get to this show, buddy. How have you been? What is going on in this spooky season that we like to call the New England Halloween? Well, it's uh, it's been fun, Drew. It's been a fun October. Busy. Busy. Agreed. We speak to that as well with, with work and fall sports and trying to fit in corn mazes and pumpkin picking mm. and stuff like that it, it has been a fun october but i can't believe that we're sitting here on the, the precipice of thanksgiving and christmas already I, I just in our line of work which is ironic i feel like it's already january yes i hear you there yep and, you know it is a beautiful time of the year right we got the, the the leaves are finally starting to change foliage is foliage is popping it's uh it is. A, it's the best time of the year, to be honest, right? And then, and then the. I gotta tell you, Drew. Yeah. This is one of our darkest intros ever. It took you two and a half minutes to threaten to murder our listeners already. Listen, I wanted to put a little, you know, pizzazz into. It. I'm usually like the, the speed reader with my New England and and Rhode Island accent. I try to I power through these things, but with this one, I had to take it back a notch, slow it down. I mean, the story of Sleepy Hollow in general, yeah. right, is just. It's just eerie. It's just fun. It's a little creepy. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's all that. To think that Disney's part of it, right, is kind of mm-hmm. outside of their wheelhouse in a little bit, one might say. Well, so, and it's funny, an unintentional segue on your part there, because I think a lot of this episode, <laughs> what we tried to do is go with deeper cut halloweeny spooky scary we had a 15 minute discussion on yeah. spooky versus scary this yes, weekend we so it, it's it's interesting that you use the term you know deep cuts because we are looking i think the lists we have for for the listener tonight are are deeper cuts than uh some of us are used to and i think when you've done the the halloween episodes as long as we have correct you kind of lose um sight of some of these villains, some of these shorts and some of these rides we're going to talk about, which I'm very excited about. Uh, but Drew, mm-hmm. before we get there, yeah, uh, we have an email of the week. We do. Let's uh, move on over to it. You've got mail. So this one drew for the first time ever in the email segment, we are going to play a game of buy or sell. Mm. good friend of mine 
some of you know as well, Lauren went down with her family to Universal Studios. She hasn't been down to Central Florida since her childhood, and this is the first time she's taken her kids oh. down to either Disney or Universal. They did go to Universal Studios uh, for about a week. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, she came back overwhelmed, I'll be honest. Uh, it, it, but she... Yeah, kids are 11, 4, and 2, Drew. That's... Good range. That's good range. tough. Good range. Tough, range. Tough. Tough, tough for so, the 4 and 2. 11, perfect age. Correct. So, I think it's going to be... These were her thoughts, and she asked sure. me what I thought. And I said, well, I'm going to ask Drew on the podcast. I'll, I'll play a little game of buy or sell if these are valid or invalid. And I think... A lot of this is gray area. So without further ado, let's yeah. start with the heaviest hitter of them all, in my opinion. Sure. Was she came away a tad unimpressed. Maybe not unimpressed. I think she felt like Harry Potter and the general wizarding world was a bit overrated. Okay. Now, the rides were solid, she said. Okay. And admittedly, her daughter read the books a year or two ago, but isn't hugely into it. And her yeah. four and two year old, obviously, probably don't know what Harry Potter is. So, sure. uh, in that instance, for me, I think it's an age thing and less okay. more a buy or sell thing. But for me, are you buying or selling that the Wizarding World in general yep. is going to be overrated soon? Let me clarify these rules. Buy in means I agree with her statement. So, yeah, so if you buy it, you're going to agree that, yeah, you think it is kind of getting okay. long in the tooth. Um, I, I'm actually selling this. I, I, I recently have been to Harry Potter. Um, I'm going to call it universe, right? Because it's lots of places um, mm-hmm. in the last what year. Right. And I will say as a fan of Harry Potter, and let me emphasize mm-hmm. when I say I'm a fan of Harry Potter, I've seen the movies, right? right. I haven't, I haven't read the books. I haven't down, mm-hmm. dug deep into the lore. I've seen the movies multiple times. I enjoy Harry Potter. I, I think it's a great story it, it's cool characters it's fun uh and i'm and i'm selling this because i think that both hodsmeade which is in um mm-hmm. you know isles of adventure and um i think over even in died on alley and universal studios are two one of the most mind-blowing experiences of just walking through uh and 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 i know she mentioned a little bit even hogwarts express was kind of like eh but i think mm-hmm. that like if you can just suck yourself into the environment for a minute and put yourself in saying, Hey, I'm, I'm actually going from Hogsmeade to London mm-hmm. into Diadon Alley and think like, right. you can really buy into this thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the attractions alone, I, I think we all can agree. There's, there's a right. couple there that are, are some of the best in, in the country period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, Again, not a diehard Harry Potter fan, but I'm selling this idea. I think Harry Potter is one of the best themed lands, um, period, hands down. Yeah, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell as well, Drew. I, I, and I, and yeah. I said as much to her, and I think it, it was raining, you know, obviously, circumstances they are, if it's mm-hmm. raining, your kids aren't into it, it it's going to be tough yeah. to really appreciate what they did. Uh, so I'm yep. selling the idea that Harry Potter uh, or the Wizarding World is going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seuss Landing, perfect for families. Just allow me real quick. I'm buying sure. that idea. It is a perfect fantasy land, in my yep. opinion, for Universal to have. And I don't think you have much to say. But I mean, I want to know you because Evan I will. and Alex are the same yeah. age. So I think, yeah. I think this is 100% a buy, right? I think this is a perfect thing for families. You don't need to know the deep lore of Dr. Seuss. And yet, mm-hmm. everyone knows of Dr. Seuss, right? We all know the Correct. Grinch. We all know Cat in the Hat. Uh, mm-hmm. 
it is awesome. There's lots to do, but at the same time, I always feel when I go to Seuss Landon a bit like uh, what's there could the be word? something more. There, there need yes, there, like like mm-hmm. it's missing something, and I don't know what that is, but it's missing mm-hmm. something. But I agree, I'm buying perfect for families. So I'm gonna tell you this: the first few years Islands of Adventure was open, they did a Christmas uh, dump it to crumpet attraction yep. for the Grinch, and I think it's the Grinch that's missing from Seuss Landing or something or another attraction mm-hmm. that isn't. Maybe it's a walkthrough. Maybe it's Moana yeah, it's Journey some, of Water something. or something to that effect. But there is something missing. But I, I do buy that it's a, a fantastic area for families. This next one, I, I'm going to let you go first because I have my yeah. thoughts on this one. Simpsons sure. in Springfield, she said lots of fun. Um, I'm, I'm selling. This is a hard sell for me because the thing with Simpsons in Springfield is, don't get me wrong, it's very cool. It's very bright, vibrant. But this is a very specific franchise that if you're not in you're out and if you're out it doesn't make any sense to you and it it's very specific um i i kind of disagree with it when i talked about like like harry potter where i think harry potter even if you're not into it it's you can wrap yourself in this fantasy world mm-hmm. where simpsons being this cartoon and these these over emphasized characters it's hard to like lock yourself into those characters so this is a self for me i actually think um i think simpsons is is a cool land don't get me wrong but it's it's a walkthrough for me i'm not even stopping at the ride anymore we're going hard sell and it's not even because i'm a back to the future fan but what i will tell you and this is just through various readings that i've done over over the last little bit don't be surprised to see Simpsons in Springfield not be there for much longer. Agreed five that. years. Let's say five years. I think uh, with Disney having the Fox license now and Disney having the license to the Simpsons, I wouldn't be surprised to see Universal more so than Marvel be the one that Universal reskins to something else at some point. Agreed. And I think that is... If you're a fan of The Simpsons, get down there in the next half decade, because I think once Epic Universe opens, uh, Springfield is where Universal will do the next work. That's, hey, yep. that's that's uninformed, but that's just reading the tea leaves like we do, Drew, on this show. I think that's what it is. I think there's one we both agree with. I've never been to the park, but I, I, Volcano Bay, awesome, but overwhelming with kids. I think any water park, Drew, is overwhelming with kids. I'm buying that idea. And I'm buying that Volcano Bay is the best water park in the world. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I actually skipped it last time I went down as well. Yep. Um, so then there's did not hit all of the roller coasters. And by all of them, Drew, I do specifically mean they did not go on Velocicoaster, which okay. I think on this show is a cardinal sin when we talk about that ride. But it didn't affect the trip. And again, I think this much like Harry Potter drew to me. Mm-hmm. is is dependent on the ages of the children and the heights of the kids sure. and whatnot. I, I, I want to get your opinion because I know that you yeah. and Zoe went on it and you love the attraction. So. Yeah. So, so this is a sell, right? Sure, it didn't affect your trip, but it didn't affect your trip because you didn't go on it. If you went right. on it, it would have changed the, 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 the mentality Correct. of your trip because it's so fascinating and amazing yeah. and over the top and just mm-hmm. mind blowing coaster. Now, I don't know if she went on Hagrid's either, but same comments apply that I just said of Velocicoaster. 
applies. Yeah. Rip Rocket, another great roller coaster. The Mummy Revenge, another great roller coaster. I don't know if they yeah. went to Escape from Dreadnoughts, another great mm-hmm. roll. So all of these things are, there's no such thing as a bad roller coaster in Universal in Florida. Yeah. There's I, not. I agree. Period. I I agree. Uh, even yep. if you look at the Incredible Hulk coaster, I, yeah, it's solid. Just, there's there's not much there. I, I think. Uh, so he, here's my thing, and I'll, and I'll for the listener, for the people that are maybe going on trips. Y- yes, you're going with your family and the kids, and make the effort to hit as many attractions as possible, even if that means them waiting with one parent and doing like a rider swap type yeah. thing. It, you got to get on as many because how many times are people getting down to these parks? Sure. And sure. that's they did mention they loved Transformers though. That was one thing that they did that's, mention. Transformers is is a is a cool yeah. ride. I mean, I think that originally the the concept started with the Spider-Man ride over in in yeah. Isle, uh, Isle of Adventure, and then mm-hmm. it came in the Transformers ride originally in Disney. Well, I'm sorry, in California. But um, right. yeah, those are that's that's another staple of Universal that they kind of created that ride concept. Correct. I agree. So, Drew, here's one that I think is actually a really cool idea that I never thought about. Yeah. Air tags in the kids' shoes. And air tags in general, in case of the worst case scenario, that's all right. I'm on board. I'm buying the idea. Drew, what about you? This is a great idea. We actually just went and purchased air tags uh, a couple of weeks ago when it was Prime Day on Amazon. Uh, I will not only be putting them on my kids when I go to Disney in a couple of weeks, I'll also be putting them in my luggage, right? Uh, mm-hmm. when I did on the, before the plane. So now if you ever lose your luggage, you know, Hey, my bag is somehow in Chicago. I don't know how it got there, but it's in Chicago. Correct. Um, and right. then you can call the airlines and try to down a lot quicker. So, uh, this is a great idea. You know, before this, this was back in the day when you saw people used to write kids like names with Sharpie right. on their, I'm, I'm not names, but phone numbers. Right? This, yeah. this is the old school mentality of that. Um, I mean, air tags aren't cheap, but they're super easy to use. They attach right to your Correct. iPhone and, um, no brainer in large crowds. I yeah, buy it all day long. And then yep. I think this is one we've talked about in this show a uh, hundred times. We've talked about it once. She needed a vacation from the vacation. I'm buying that as well, hundred percent. Drew, yep. always a buy. We've always said Disney and Universal in general is just um, it's a go go go. You're gonna walk over twenty miles, and it's um, it's yep. it's worth every second of it. Yeah. You did mention she loved Cabana Bay, which is one of the um value resorts uh over at yep. universal studios i think we've talked about that on any of our universal episodes where universal's right. hotels are top of the line uh so really fun to kind of get a quote-unquote newcomer's perspective to a place like universal and you having been there i was curious if you thought um yeah. the buying and selling of those were, were good ideas uh drew i don't think there's any news this week so you know what for that sure. means for the, for the topic, topic of the week, of the week. That's right, everybody. It is topic of the week time. No news this week. That's good news for you. More conversation time for Drew and myself. Tell you about some of our top scares and spooks at Walt Disney World. And I think there's some cruise line stuff in there as well, Drew, which I can never sneak it past you, buddy. You're always big into the cruise line. So the first one we're going to talk about in these three little sub 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 uh, sub uh, sub, uh, sub sub topics I guess here subtopics category is, categories yeah yeah whatever uh, it is parks so for us this is really I think a 
quite a place to start. This is probably the one that gave us a little bit of the hardest time. We couldn't decide <laughs> thematically if something was if it was scary, if it was just spooky. Was that the concept we had for the episode? Was it supposed to be jump scares? Was it supposed to be terrifying? Um, if you've listened to this podcast before, you're going to realize that we are big fans of a lot of the retired attractions. And believe it or not, Drew, quite a bit of these are retired attractions. But I think that goes to a deeper theme for us, was we were going with kind of the deeper cut stuff. Anybody can tell you that Tower of Terror right. is a legitimately scary attraction. I, No doubt yeah. about it. Fine. Yep. Um, we're going with stuff that I think Alien Encounter is a perfect example since we didn't put it on here. We did yep. an entire episode on Alien Encounter. An absolutely terrifying attraction. Everyone the, knew that. Probably the most terrifying attraction ever made by Correct. Disney. Period. I, I mean, yep. I would argue are made for non-Halloween specific purposes. Yeah. So you, you discount all the Halloween Horror Night stuff and any of the parks that do... That was legitimately, I think, the scariest theme park attraction ever. Uh, Alien yep. Encounter was just classic. So that's obviously something that would be on there. So this is just a short list for us of Walt Disney World stuff. And again, I think a couple Cruise Line ones either. And Drew, let's let's start it off with one of collectively our favorite attractions of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So like you said, like Bob said, this is stuff that we're doing off the chart here. And my number one on the list is going to be a retired attraction. The great movie ride right we all remember the great movie ride the center staple of hollywood studios um the thing that made the great movie ride so spectacular yet a little scary is live actors right not many if any that i can really think off the top of my head had live actors constantly in the in the the main part of the ride that was the attraction was in having main you know actors um and as a kid bub Right. There's nothing more scary when you put yourself in these areas. Right. And I, and, then, and we've all done this as kids. Right. You walk down the dark hallway. What do you do? You look back. You look over your shoulders. Right. And now that you have actual real people jumping on mm -hmm. boats and off boats, you're constantly looking around your surroundings like what's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And though they say, you know, in the movies, anything can happen, blah, 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 blah. But as a kid, when you have a gangster named Mudsy literally saying i'm gonna take over this boat and your cast member that's giving you the tour i'm kicking them out mm -hmm. whether you want to tell everyone a thousand times it's fake as a little eight-year-old kid you're gonna be a little like hey dad is that is this is this real is this what's happening here right mm -hmm. Absolutely. never mind the the shootout now now that's going back and forth with the with the the tap guns right yep it's loud you think it's real um, and then on the other side of the fence, right, when you have Kid Carson here robbing a bank, you know, now you have a legit bank robber running from the police boarding your boat, right? So, again, think of it from a kid's point of view. It's a little terrifying that you're, what you thought was just a normal ride got hijacked. And then what happens to make it worse? You enter Alien, the movie, and you go down this dark tunnel like you're on a spaceship and the terrifying alien just has to pop out of nowhere you think the right. jump scare on dinosaur is bad this is 10 times worse right and it's alien 
after you finally get out of that, you enter your Indiana Jones area. The tour guides are switching back and forth, right? Your tour guide gets off the boat once again. He goes out to steal the jewel. And as a kid, what happens? He legit turns to a skeleton right in front of your right. eye. Uh, again, this is kind of just creepy stuff. It's that fear of having real people, I think, in where you can kind of separate that with other attractions, right? And And I think it's also, sure, it's IP stuff on this ride then maybe you can try to separate a little bit. But again, from a kid's point of view, um, I think it's a little little creepy back in the day. But that, that's what I'm going to go with. More. The more we talk about the great movie ride, and, and I believe me, we understand the idea of licensing and yeah. the MGM licenses and why they, quote unquote, couldn't keep the attraction open. I, we get all that. We've had mm. countless stories told about this attraction. And we've discussed my love of the old Epcot. I don't think anything rivals my love of the original Disney MGM Studios with the Backlot Tour, the Great Movie Ride, Indiana Jones, uh, Beauty and the Beast and stuff. And then when they extended it to Tower of Terror and then they that park was magic. And and sure, it's fine now. Star Wars is Star Wars and Toy Story is Toy Story. But. Man, the great movie ride was yeah. a crowning achievement, Andrew, of well, what's, when you imagineering. That, it was fascinating. It was. It, it, great attraction. It, it, and when you think back to just to me and you, right? So we used to go to the parts all the time. Just This is where mm-hmm. our love for Disney came from, right? We were 18 years old and, like, hopping on a plane and going there for, like a, like, a week or four or five days. And which part did we always go to at night? was MGM Studios. We weren't going to Magic Kingdom. We were going to MGM Studios. We were going on the Drake movie ride. We were running back and forth between um, Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower Terror. We were seeing Phantasmic Mm -hmm. every night. We were going on the Backlot Tour and volunteering to go under the... That was what we were doing, right? Because it was such a classic park. And to be honest, I don't know if it would work in today's world. But again, I think it's a topic for probably another day. The original concept of Disney Studios. Correct. Probably, Probably not, but... Correct. Drew, my first and most remarkably, which is going to be developing theme around here, is that we are fans of that mid to late 90s and early 2000s Disney. Mm. Going Body Wars. Body Wars, to me, legitimately everything about that screamed like a sci-fi epic movie, which I technically journey into inner space, and inner space was, you know, uh, one of those movies where you... This, imagine being shrunk down, Drew, to the size of a white blood cell and traveling through the human body to remove a splinter, that is what Body Wars was. It is uh, your guide, or your the, the, the main scientist, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. at Body Wars at the Institute, uh, gets sucked through a capillary, and through, like, the nervous system, and through the heart, and into the brain. It's just... It, listen, it was, a, it was a late 80s, early 90s attraction, and for you kids listening, if something could go wrong on a Disney attraction, it did quote-unquote, within the story, yeah, yeah. go wrong. Uh, we didn't deserve or respect Body Wars, in my opinion, when we had it, because I think Body Wars and Wonders of Life as a whole to this day, uh, and we've talked about it on this podcast again before, that pavilion, I think, would put asses in the seats for days. A Wonders of Life, a health pavilion at Epcot would just do wonders right now. Um, obviously sister technology to star tours. So we kind of still have the same concept, but there was just something truly amazing about 
being in the bloodstream, getting to the splinter, getting attacked by the blood cells because they thought you were a foreign contaminant. This was, again, rough ride, though. Motion sickness-wise, very oh, rough. Yeah. Much rougher than Star Tours. And if you didn't like the sight of blood and you were squeamish at all, this attraction was not for you in any way. Terrifying, no, but in a sci-fi, horror-y kind of way, uh, delightfully terrifying if you're into that type of thing. Anytime I got a chance to talk about Body Wars, yeah. I, I take that chance. And Drew, I, I know it's going back a little bit. I don't know. This wasn't one that we stuck around on much, but I remember your mother. Uh, well, yeah. I think it was like, dude, I think this was like 1992. Yeah. So you, you would have been six, I would have been eight, whatever it is. And I remember your mother being hysterical, laughing at this attraction. Yeah. Which again, was part of it. Like, that was part of the thrill of it. Like, you didn't know what you were getting. Were people going to laugh? Or were people going to freak out at the sight of literally being in a human body? And it's it, was like, it was like a Magic School Bus episode. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that it's, I'll be blunt, it's a stupid concept, right? Like, like when the Imagineers are sitting there, it's a stupid concept, but it, it worked so well. Like, it's, yeah. it's like one of those things you go to, like, this is going to be terrible. Like, this is shockingly better than I expected. Like it's enjoyable. Right. And, and to your yeah. point with the mission was to remove a splinter. Like there's nothing right. worse than a splinter to begin with. Nothing. Right. And now right. when you're inside the body and you're looking at what it's actually doing, penetrating the skin, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's yep. worse. Yeah. And, and I listen, no conversation about body wars be complete without the like random points in the queue where they would quote unquote sterilize you for your mission yeah. where they just blow air on you and stuff. Just that attraction <laughs> I'm telling you would be, would be gangbusters mm. right now. It's at, also, at, yeah. It was also a great place to do it away from the heat. Cause you had all the inside waiting and everything. Yeah. Wonders of life was a great pavilion. I got a great tell you, pavilion for that. It's one of those that, it's so terrible to see, you know, because we're clearly never getting the play pavilion. And if we do, it's not going to be the same. No. I just, you wonder if they could get an insurance sponsor to kind of give them something. Obviously, we're not getting Cranium Command and Body Wars mm. and the making of me ever back. We're goofy about health. We're never getting all of that back. Yeah. But true. something health related, I think, would do gangbusters at Disney right now. So, again, not necessarily a terrifying ride, but oddly terrifying if you're motion sickness prone and again being in the human body and like you said seeing a splinter and the penetration crazy stuff lots of fun uh so drew what's next on your list well we talked already about the legend of sleepy hollow so let's keep it going and i'm heading over to disney's fort wilderness and this is something that we're going to talk about specifically another retired attraction no not really but fort wilderness being Bob, remember the episode way back? I'm talking years ago. We probably talked about three hours about Fort Wilderness. Wasn't our best, but it certainly wasn't our worst. And um, that episode was long, wasn't it? It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, if you've never been to Disney's Fort Wilderness on Walt Disney World property, they actually are known to be one of the best places for Halloween entertainment, right? Uh, since they have these mini campgrounds, they actually decorate, a lot of people will decorate the entire campground with Halloween decorations, like really cool. They actually also do a Halloween golf cart parade, right? Um, which is like ridiculous decked out, um, 
golf cart. So all that stuff's still happening, right? So if you love Halloween and you want to kind of change it up, look into Disney's Fort Wilderness. It's, it's actually tough to book if you just stay in the, the cottages or the cabins, rather, I'm sorry, or you can just do a campground. Lots of options. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Disney's Fort Wilderness retired, um, what they used to call as the haunted carriage ride. So they actually today still do the carriage rides, but these were the haunted ones, which took place at night. Um, they were a carriage that fit four to five people. It cost $60 per carriage, and it was about a 25-minute um, journey through the woods in the dark um, with real horses. And it was amidst of a storytelling about the legend of Sleepy Hollow, where your actual driver of the carriage acted as your tour guide, but it was like mixed in with a lot of like recorded narrator through some speakers throughout the property as well. But the creepy part was, is they kind of made it kind of all around that you were in Sleepy Hollow and they were telling the story of, of the Headless Horseman. And of course, you can't tell the story, Bob, of the Headless Horseman without the Headless Horseman showing up. Um, and if you've ever been to Magic Kingdom, um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, the best mm -hmm. part of the the whole night is when the Headless Horseman leads the parade and starts the parade. This is actually the only other place ever in Disney history, property, wherever, mm -hmm. that the Headless Horseman would appear. So think about this, right? I'm going to go back to that 8-, 10-year-old example. You're going on this mm -hmm. nice little haunted carriage ride with your family, telling a nice little ghost story, per se, and you have this monster of a blat steed show up with this large man with yeah. no head holding a mm -hmm. pumpkin um and he like comes up to the carriage and i'm like this it's it could be overwhelming and creepy right i think yeah. even as an adult i'd yeah. be a little frightened right i mean because you gotta play into the eeriness of it you're in the woods it's mm -hmm. it's it's the weather you know the, the rustling of the leaves it's the night sky the moon's out uh Super cool. I, I've never personally have had, had the opportunity to do it. I wish they did still have it because I would probably make my way over there when I visit during Halloween season to to try it out. Uh, but yeah, that's called the Haunted Carriage Ride in Disney's Fort Wilderness. It's unfortunately no longer a thing. Yeah. Well, these are the things, Drew, these are the things that I think we've talked about offline about mm. Events, experiences, attractions, yeah. things that we've lost, uh, things that we wish we could go back. And, and it really comes down to, I, I was talking to my son, Zach, talking to him, and, and he says, oh, I, I can't wait to be out of school or, or, or wants to, you know, already get a job somewhere. And, 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 <laughs> I, and I turned into Adam Sandler and Billy Madison, and I'm like, don't you say that. Don't you ever say that <laughs> for the love of God, cherish it. Like this is stuff that when we started this show four years ago, it was about me and you talking about Disney and kind of putting our thoughts and memories on record. Yeah. If anyone listens, that's fine. But we wanted to have a library of thoughts that me and you have had about Disney. And as we are, as good of friends as we are and, and obviously cousins that we've had enough experiences and shared experiences at Disney where we could sustain a podcast. And thankfully people tune in and seem to like what we do. So I think a lot of it, this is one of those instances where you say, if it was only, it was a smaller carriage, 25 minutes, they're charging you 60 bucks. 
there's got to be a way we can make money on this still. That yeah. you can't have, even if you're not going to bring the horseman back. I, I get it. But it, just to to go through it, really cool. Which, Drew, will come as no surprise. It's a terrible segue. But my next one is also a retired attraction. Uh, <laughs> because that's just what we do here. I think the next two on the list are actually things that exist still. So we promise True. you're going to be able to see some of this stuff. Uh, I went with Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Remarkably... An attraction that we've never discussed on this show in 178 episodes, which blows my mind because I know that two of our co-hosts are huge fans of Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, uh, Guy and Jordana. uh, So I'm not going to go deep into it. I just want to talk to you real quickly about once again, we're shrinking in this ride. So I don't know if my real fear here, Drew, is is (laughs) being shrunk, but here we are. I'm once, once again in an attraction where we are getting... Uh, shrunk down um listen disney does things very well in a lot of ways there's some things they don't do well 3d movies disney i i think is the premier 3d movie they figured it theme out park company in the world okay because yeah. this easily drew could have been it's tough to be a bug here um but i want honey i shrunk the audience you got mice yeah go ahead to your exact point that you just brought up, though, I think this was, and correct me if I'm wrong here with my timeline, I think this was almost the prototype that led to Tough to Be a Bug. I mean, right? I, I believe timeline-wise, this was first. Timeline-wise, this this was open before It's Tough to Be a Bug. Correct. And I would say it was a tried-and-true method of them Essentially, telling the story. very similar, and, and to your point, as you were about to explain it, very similar concept. Very similar. We could do a compare and contrast. A compare and contrast of the two. We're yeah. not going to. We could. Maybe that's an episode. I don't know. But mice, lions, snakes getting shrunk, laser beams getting the theater getting picked up by a blown up child, or you're technically shrinking, so technically you're, he's normal size. This off the charts, Drew. If we're gonna sit here and admit that alien encounter might be the scariest attraction in theme park history. There is a case to be made that this is definitely a top three or four scariest attraction of all time. But again, to the right audience, it's funny. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh my God, that's terrifying. But you're fine with it. Two kids. Freaking terrifying. My my never unshrink again. Right. And I think, that's the thing with Disney attractions. You're gonna go into them with that open, positive. Yep. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta feed into it. You gotta feed into it. You know, we yep. talked about with the Hodgmeans and Harry Potter stuff. You gotta, you yep. gotta feed into it. You gotta feed into the actors that are the cast members and all of it. I, I agree with right. you on this. This one here, think about the bugs running underneath your seat. At it's tough to be a bug. The mice scurrying underneath you. I think is exponent. Like, if you don't like mice. And, and that's a legitimate fear of people. People don't like mice. True. Very this true. is terrifying <laughs> to people. I, I got to tell you, honey, I shrunk the audience again. And I and the theater is still there, Drew. I don't think a lot of the elements are still there in terms of the... the if, man, they brought Captain EO back. Couldn't they give us, honey, I shrunk the audience for a year? Like, that would be wild. It'd that would be, be wild. wild. That would so, be wild. Agreed. Drew, I think we're finally getting into ones that still currently exist. We are. Um, yeah, so this one needed to go with me here because it's not really an attraction. It's not in the parts. I just thought it was really cool, to be honest. And and this is something that 
I didn't even really know about to be to be blunt for for for, for quite some time. I mean, but as a as a Disney Cruise um, fan, I guess you could call it. I want to tell the story of of what they do for their Halloween at seas because it's there's a there's this really cool lore behind it, and it's called the Legend of the Pumpkin Tree. So on their their first four main ships before the Wish, when they decorate these ships for Halloween. They put this pumpkin tree in the atrium, the lobby, the, you know, the lobby of the ship, the atrium of the ship. And it's this massive tree. It kind of goes up more than one story and it, it kind of has all these pumpkins hanging from it. So there's it's not just a decoration. There's actually some really cool lore behind it. And I'm going to read this is official lore from the Disney website. Twas a long time ago before the time of now there was Halloween, not the Halloween of today filled with merriment and pranks but a darker celebration the night was filled with mystery the moon seemed to shine a little bit brighter and in every shadow lurked something unimaginable there was the time of the pumpkin king but as the years drew on the pumpkin king grew weary he needed someone to help him keep history of his favorite most beloved holiday so he reached into his head and he retrieved four pumpkin seeds each one represented a different characteristic of his wicked personality. He planted them around and watched as the seeds grew into beautiful, morbid trees. The tree blooms only once a year. Deep within its dark, gnarled branches hold the, the remnant spirits of Halloween memories gone past. According to the legend, once everyone has learned the who, the what, and the why, the spirit of the pumpkin king will bring the tree to life. So, I thought this was like a really cool story of why these trees were in the atrium, right? Um, and they can be found on the four ships. And I mentioned that they were all named after his characteristics, right? So on the Disney Dream, it's called the Grim. On the Fantasy, it's called the Bucklebones. I'm not really sure what that characteristic is. Uh, on the Wonder, it's called Bog. And on the Magic, it's called the Reap. Uh, it's just a cool little thing to, to just, again, Disney just going over the top. They're not just putting a Halloween tree in the atrium because it looks cool and it, it's a good photo op. Uh, they actually tell this story too. There's a caretaker that, that kind of comes up in front of the tree, you know, certain times of the night and kind of tells the story of the legend of the pumpkin cane and the legend of the tree. So really cool. Wanted to share it with you guys. Some of you may have heard of it, some of you not, but that's all I got for you, Bob. I'm here for it. Easy yeah. enough. Easy Sounds enough. Awesome. <laughs> yep. So the last one on our list of parks before we get into our next, couple of lists here is one that i think speaks to more of an absolutely physical scare than anything else a scare that you can choose to either do or don't and it's still there to this day in fact i think a blizzard beach is is open again now right they're uh, out of their seasonal week, or... i think they are yeah so i saw it, more with more it little is, snowman guys yeah it is summit plummet which Drew, again, back in our day, yes. back in our day, we used to be some of the first people in the park. We actually were like the guests of the day one time and got to yep. kind of do the like the opening ceremony yeah, on Summit that. Plummet. Uh, 120 feet near vertical freefall, Drew. Mm. Definitely thrilling, positively exciting, and absolutely freaking terrifying mm. when you're sitting there and the bar is like, Okay, man, light's green. You're either going or you're getting up and walking down 120 feet. 120 With the feet tail of between your legs. <laughs> and in front of everybody. 
And yep. when you are 15, 16, 17 years old and the ladies are there and you're having a good time at a, at a pool, at, at a pool party, at a, at a theme park, at a water park, there's only one way to go and it's down the slide. Down the slide. I mean, the right drew it's it's exhilarating right i it love is. the i love it it like it's it's it, but it's a free fall slide Every, a lot of places it have is them. but i think the, the the plummet part of it right that looks like the ski jump just adds yeah. to like like the first time you ever see it it's like wait a minute i don't i don't understand what am i looking at where the hell like, do like, they go do you do is it a ramp like yeah. it, it, like like, like i'm saying like the first time people have never been there you're like you don't understand it and it's it's terrifying it's exhilarating it's no. it's fun, simply fun. And again, and wedgie, I think a little wedgie. If it it does fall into that category of an unconventional scare, because I imagine people are terror, people afraid of fights must be terrified. But what a yeah. view you get from the top before you oh, drop! Yeah. What a view! Cool. What I would love for them to do, Drew, is do like a drop slide, like the new ones where you go the trap door slides. Now, I would love oh, yeah. for that change to that into make okay. its way. That'd yeah. be wild, but that, I mean, I feel like you would just like a like a shot out of a cannon. Because at yeah. least what right now, yeah, you have to kind of go over the edge yourself. It's true. Oh, it's it's wild. I love it, and it it's so fun. I, I just it's one of those that I feel like we overlook a lot of things on this show too, and I think mm-hmm. this is one of those that we have overlooked is just how thrilling disney's water parks are they're not the best water parks in the world but agreed there there's something at the water parks for everybody and this ride itself is fantastic drew where are we going next but we're heading over to disney plus because you know we on this show we love disney plus and we try to talk about as much as we can because it's such a great addition to the disney fan club and 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 everything to go with it but we're not just going to talk about your average Joes of what you should go watch, right? Hocus Pocus is not on our list. Should you watch it? Yes. But we're not going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the things that are maybe off the beaten path a little bit. Maybe some new things. Maybe some old things. Um, we're just going to recommend it. We're not going to go into like a huge synopsis of the show because we want you to watch it. But right. we're just going to say it's Halloween season. You've got a, a, roughly a week left to watch these things. Mm-hmm. give them a go if you can and let them even extend past it some of them but um but why don't you lead us off with one of your little hidden gems on disney yeah Plus. so i don't know how hidden this one is this might be one of the more obvious ones sure uh especially with the the re-release of the colored version of werewolf that. by night coming out this week or uh, a couple weeks ago whenever it was i will tell you i i have not watched the colorized version of werewolf by night uh, for me, I'm choosing the black and white every time. To me, it is the best Disney Plus Marvel content they've put out. That's wow. including your fans of Loki, WandaVision, uh, um, Captain America Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, any of those shows. I will tell you Werewolf by Night to me. And I think, again, I, I think Tim and myself did an, an episode on Werewolf by Night last year. And I think it's just a self-contained element of the story. It's mm-hmm. it's and which has Drew been your complaint about Marvel for a while is you feel like you have to watch forty seven different things to understand what the hell is going on. That is very much the case with a lot of the series. Werewolf by Night is entirely separate. It is one and done. Awesome, love it. Highly recommend the black and white version. If I watch the colorized version, which they released uh, this year, I, I'll I'll report so- back. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta put help me with lights. I've not seen it yet, Bob, but it's on my short list of things to watch. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm also gonna hurt you when I say that I'm gonna watch the color version. 
Gotta deal with no, it now. That's fine. Good. Again, yeah. a, a sucker for black and white stuff and yeah. a splash of yeah, love it. I, I just mm-hmm. think about when we first saw Sin City when it came out. We were yeah. the 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 black and white with a splash of color. We just it's just there's something stylistic about it, spooky mm-hmm. as Drew would say, uh, that cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, well worth the hour or so that Werewolf by Night again yeah. is the quick quick watch. A lot now, of these. Are question for us for those non Marvel fans out there, Bub. Mm-hmm. This is really not a Marvel. Um, intertwined multiverse concept. This is a standalone. You could yeah. watch this and not know anything about Marvel and never seen Marvel, correct? Correct. That is correct. 100% so, accurate. I mean, so, does it help to know the character? Sure, I, I guess. But you don't need to know the character no. to understand what's going on in that hour-long so, presentation. And, I, and I, I think that's my point to the listeners is don't, don't get wrapped up in it that it's Marvel. Just enjoy right. it. It's a standalone. It's a one-hour. Just watch it and enjoy it. That's all. And I think everybody will come ac- come away as fans of Ted going forward. Oh, not the teddy bear, one of the characters in in the okay. special. Uh, I'm heading in a different direction here. I'm I'm trying I'm gonna plan a little bit of a family night for yourself, and actually two of mine are going in that direction. But the first one is this brand new short that just came out this year for Halloween, and it's called Mitty and Friends Trick or Treat. Now, Bob, I don't know if you watched this yet with your kids, but you should really watch this before Halloween. This is fantastic. What I love about this little Mickey short is about 25 minutes is that it's like that claymation type style mm-hmm. of animation that just looks so cool. Yeah. Um, really short synopsis is, is that it's essentially Mickey and his friends, you know, the gang are trick or treating one night. They come across a, a witch's house and basically they get turned into their costumes. Right. So whatever they're okay. wearing, I'm not even going to tell you what they're wearing. They literally get turned into that. Uh, and then, of course, the they got to try to reverse the curse. Right. It, it's just fun. It's it's clever. And again, the animation, I just can't get enough of. So Mickey and French trick or treat. It's only 25 minutes. Great little mm-hmm. thing to settle the kids down before bed and watch it with them. Even if you don't have kids, give it a watch. It's short. It's Mickey. Yeah. It's awesome. It's fun. That's all I got. That's a, that's a quick hitter one for you. That's fair. You know, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, definitely put it on the list as well. Yep. Uh, for me, I'm going back a couple of years, Drew, to a, to a series that we all love. I'm going with Toy Story of Terror, and I uh, feel like um, Toy Story of Terror and then Toy Story Lost in Time or whatever it is. Dinosaur you could have really inter- yeah. the, the, the dinosaur one. You, yeah. you could have inter- you could interchange either one. Watch both of them. I don't care. But Toy Story of Terror. Is fantastic. You finally get a little bit more from Combat Combat Carl instead of just getting blown up in Sid Yard. <laughs> um, it, it is just a fantastic. I feel like it takes a lot of elements of what makes Toy Story one, Toy Story two, uh, Toy Story three so good. Uh, I think mm. a lot of the existential crises in Toy Story about loss and you know friendship is in a neat package, like 27 minutes long here. Toy Story of Terror, absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, you hit on like scalpers, which is great because Disney has the problem with people buying the limited edition merchandise and selling it online. You deal with a lot of the characters. It's great. And I love that combat. Carl is kind of a focal point of it. Yes. Yeah. He's a throwaway character in toy story. And then, you know, he kind of gets his own little short hair. And of course, anytime I get Mr. Prickle pants and uh, uh, yes. narrating, narrating anything Best is part. just fantastic so toy story of terror must watch every halloween yeah i have not watched yet this halloween i've watched it half a dozen times in the past but yeah this is yeah. another solid choice 
Um, I'm going to move on to something newer, but not necessarily kid-friendly. It's rated, I believe, PG-13, and I'm going to say that's dead-on accurate for this example. It's Technically, it's TV-14. Ooh, TV-14, a little bit higher, right? Yeah. So I'd, I'd say that's that's pretty accurate. I'm talking about the new Goosebumps TV series on Disney+, Plus, right? Um, this has Justin Long in it. We all know Justin Long from his, his dodgeball days, right? Uh, but this is a really cool, again, I'm going to go back to my history with Goosebumps is, used to read the books 20, you know, many, many years ago when I was a kid. I, I've i seen all the, the, the Jack Black movies, right? Um, you know, I know Slappy and I, I know some of the main stories and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I'm, again, not a diehard Goosebumps fan. And you don't need to be for this series this series is really fun a lot better than i expected the cast is is solid a broad solid cast right i really mm-hmm. like how they, they develop their stories each episode is kind of a little bit unique goosebumps ish type story right whether something's happened to each individual person but there's this overarching story that is tied together from episode to episode to episode as well mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun. This is a lot better than I expected, and I'm really, really enjoying this Goosebumps series. They came out with six episodes right up front, and they said, here's the first six. Watch them. They range from, again, 35 minutes to probably 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, after, I think there's, I don't know how many total. There's like 10 or total what it is. I think it's once every Friday now they're coming out with a new new episode. Mm-hmm. So Goosebumps, I think it's just called Goosebumps, right? I don't think there's a name to it. Uh, correct. Each episode is after one of the stories. Uh, episode correct. one was Say Cheese and Die. Uh, yes. I will tell you this. Huge fan of Goosebumps. We watched Say Cheese and Die last night. Magneto oh, you the did? Cleanser. Yeah, Magneto the Cleanser. Um, okay. For when we go to bed, we watch these, watch these things late, so you got to yeah. kind of put like Seinfeld sure. or something on in the background yeah, when you fall asleep. Um, terrifying. I, it's way well, more mature than I thought they were way more mature agreed. than the Jack Black movies, way which more. are also very good. I love the Jack agreed. Black movies. Um, I, I will tell you, I'm very excited. I'm again, if you you're a this. fan, yes. if you're a fan of goosebumps, the stories, the shows from back in the day, the movies, like Drew was saying, I will tell you, it is a feast for the eyes. This differently than werewolf by night. It helps you if you understand these stories and a lot of sure. the wink and nods. Haunted Mask references already. I believe one of the episodes, two or three, yes. is the Haunted Mask. There will be one. Uh, one of them is uh, Cuckoo Clock of Doom, which also plays a pretty yep. prominent role. There's even, dare I say, a subtle nod to Monster Blood already in this and then How to Eat Worms. It's, I will tell it's you, cool. let, I am here for it. I will tell you, though, I got a little bit of Totally Killer vibes. And Totally Killer is on... Uh, yeah. I think it's on Apple TV or Amazon. It's one of the two. Listen, I'm not here for that right now. But uh, just the end of episode one uh, in the hospital, Drew, you'll know what I'm talking about. In the hospital, yes. the scene between the father and the other mother yes. um, got a lot of totally killer vibes from that conversation. Okay. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, no complaints here. I'm only one in, and we're going to watch them over the course of the week uh, leading up to Halloween here. Kind of awesome. as our scary thing. And, and I'm very excited. So a, I'm excited to hear more, more from you. than I thought. Yeah, way yeah, more I, mature I than I thought. And this, uh, don't sleep on this series, right? Because they didn't advertise it greatly, to be honest. But do not sleep yep. on this series. This is this is this was solid. Yeah. So. And again, I I can't stress enough. They nailed the concept of say cheese and die. 
which is what this first yeah. episode was. They nailed that concept. I, fascinating that Disney or Disney Plus put this out. And I know, I, I think it's actually a, a combined Hulu release as well. So I think okay. it was, I think it was technically going to be a Hulu release, but then it became a Disney Plus 2 release as well. But I think it was originally going to be a Hulu release, which might explain the edge that the show has. But I, I'm here okay. for it. I'm very excited. Mm, um, so so one, the last one for me in movies and shows, Drew, and it's a guilty pleasure. We watched it with the boys one yep. of these rainy weekends. Don't ask me which rainy weekend. It's rained every weekend since fucking Memorial Day in New England. And here we are. Uh, we watched The Sorcerer's Apprentice starring Nicolas Cage and Alfred Molina <laughs> and Jay Baruchel. Great movie. It's a great movie. So... I will say this. It is one of the first live-action remakes outside of like 101 Dalmatians and stuff like that. Uh, this obviously takes a lot of its cues from Fantasia. Don't sleep on it, guys. It, I agree. Just turn it's it fun. on and just get the popcorn. It is kind of kid-friendly, Drew. It's not over-the-top. I haven't seen it in thing. a while, but I, I so don't think I it was is. concerned at first. Yeah. It's a little dark. It's scary at times. But, man, it was Nicolas Cage at the height of his national treasure powers. This movie is the tops. Highly recommended. It's one of those that, like, I hadn't watched Sorcerer's Apprentice in, like, ten years. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, what? The kids want to watch it. What is this? Sure. Put on Uncle Nick and we'll see what happens. Because Nicolas Cage is everybody's uncle, let's be honest. Sure. Uh, so, Drew, I think you got to put it on. It's, like, a Saturday afternoon okay. at, like, 4 o'clock. Yeah. Get the popcorn, put it on. Fantastic Sweet. movie. And just have the kids sit down and, and watch it. It's for an hour and 40 minutes. It's it's fantastic. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to pity back right off of that with another nice afternoon popcorn movie with the kids. And this is, again, a family event here. Um, Under Wraps, Bob. So Under Wraps 1 was a, I want to say, one of those original Disney movies that came out, like, you know, every once a month, right, in the October, probably the 90s. Yeah, 90s, probably, late 90s. Um, and yep. it's just about these kids that find a mummy. What's his Harold, I want to say? And um, he, he yeah. comes to life. And it's just, you know, they're trying to hide him from their parents and at school. And the mummy, you know, is old, so he doesn't really know what he's talking about or, or doesn't hear really yeah. speak. He doesn't understand current technology and days. And it's... It's just a, a funny, yeah, it's just a funny, kid-friendly movie. Yeah. Uh, and now, maybe three years ago, maybe around COVID time, they came out with Under Wraps 2, right? And it's the same Harold, um, obviously yeah. new set of kids, and it's he, mm -hmm. he has he's trying to find, I think it's his wife or girlfriend, and it's just, again, stupid, fun, family comedy, but... It is a sleeper. They've always been kind of solid films, and it's uh, yeah. they're a lot of fun. Now, this is, if, I'll be honest, an adult-only type movie. This You might lose interest quick. It's definitely a, yeah. a more kid-friendly family movie, mm -hmm. but uh, under wraps, one and two. And, but I have to say it without, I, I don't, I don't want to you know, deviate from our sits, but I did watch the new Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus with my, my daughter, yeah. who's nine. Mind blown, like low expectations based off of the last one. Yeah, they really dig deep into the lore, yeah. and 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 all of the other, you know, Gracie and the manners and and I mean Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, top notch in the movie. Right, a lot of fun. I will say it, it can get a little spooky if you have younger kids. Um, yeah. 
don't watch it right before bed. Make it more like that three, four o'clock afternoon film. Mm-hmm. So like, like you said, that you have that fluffer in there a little bit after. Yeah. But um, so I will say, yeah. since you go ahead and tell you that uh, the the remaster of some of the shorts that came out this year were fantastic. Oh, the skeleton I dance did watch and that. Uh, watch the skeleton dance. And and we watched the the kids like the old mill, which again is a little bit more spooky than it is legitimately scary. Sure. Um, but I think any of those old school shorts or like you said, the haunted mansion movies, this was not really about a hocus pocus or movies that you're going to watch. These are some things that we think kind of got lost to be honest mm-hmm. in Disney plus. And I'd be interested to see the numbers on goosebumps true, because I, I really hope yeah, me too. that the series should be great. You're telling me it is. And then I just hope yep. that it doesn't get cut off by, you know, budget cuts and stuff like that. I so agree. those are our deep cut. Go check them out. References for Disney plus. We are now headed to what I think might be the most exciting part of the show. The villains deep cuts where there is no Hades. There is no horned King drew. Sorry. Oh, uh, no Maleficent or Gaston here. No Jafar, no Hades. No, no, no. This is just the deep stuff from drew a Disney rogues gallery that rivals Batman in terms of, villains and bad guys and bad girls and bad animals that just like when you think about Disney movies and this, we opened it up to any, you know, we could have done star Wars, Marvel. We we actually, I think we only did Pixar and animated, but Mm. when you think about the rich history of a hundred year old studio, yeah, see what we did there. The amount, the amount of villains, that you have to choose from that we think are lost to the, to the dust of time, Drew. It's crazy to me, the villains that we had on our initial list of kind of just running down and spitballing ideas with each other. So let's not keep the listening public waiting any longer. Mm -hmm. Let's give them our top list of forgotten Disney villains, or at least villains that you haven't thought about in a while. I like that, but well said there. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm heading over to Pixar, and I'm going to the movie Brave. And I'm going with the one and only Mordu. Um, now, Mordu is, is, as you know him, he's the, 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 the large black bear. And, they, and I think mm-hmm. they talked about the history of who he is and why. Uh, they also mm-hmm. have on Disney Plus The Legend of Mordu, which is a distracted little short. short that kind of tells the history of Mordu. But essentially, M- Mordu was the, was the eldest son of the king. Right. Um, and when the chain goes ill and dies, you know, the eldest son, he expects to inherit the heir. He wants to be the king now. And unfortunately, the father had other plans. He said, no, I'm going to divide it into all four of my sons and you're going to rule equally. You know, you have wisdom, you have strength, you have bravery, all these different things. Right. Well, Morty called bullshit. Right. I'm the eldest son. I want the heir. So what does he do? He goes off into the woods. He finds a little witch's house, a little hut, mm-hmm. and he makes a deal with the devil, essentially, and says, hey, hey, lady, I want the strength of 10 men, right? So I can go pretty much murder everyone and say, I'm I'm the king. So, sure, she does that. But also by doing that, um, he kind of turns into a bear. But I think that's a little bit later on after because he kind of breaks the curse. But essentially what he does is he goes back with the strength of 10 men murders mm-hmm. remind me murders all mm-hmm. three of his brothers right and pretty much says yeah i'm the king now 
what do you got? Right. Right. And by doing that, he kind of broke the, the rules of the curse. I'll watch it. I'm not going to into all the lore of it. Yeah. And uh, he turns into a bear, which, as we know now in Brave, is the main villain is the bear, which is mm-hmm. just kind of weird, right? If you think about it. I mean, I love Brave, another underrated film we could probably talk about. But uh, yeah, Mordu, he was actually a person and he murdered his brothers and many other people to get what he wanted. Selfish. You so. know, in that uh, Disney game we used to play on our phones? Yes. Sorcerer's game Arena there. or something? Yeah, what, yeah, Sorcerer's Arena. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mordu was, Mordu was a fantastic character. To have. He, was <laughs> he was almost indestructible. Um, <laughs> it is funny that you went mythological creature first because I, too, to no one's surprise, went mythological creature as well. And I bet if people are listening to this show that have listened to this show before, they're probably saying... Well, Bub's going to go with Chernabog. You know, he he's a sucker for Chern. You'd be wrong. But I am going to go to Fantasia 2000. Because there is perhaps, Drew, there is perhaps a greater threat to the Disney. There's no greater threat to the Disney universe of characters than the Firebird from Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. I, I got to tell you something, Drew. I was... Looking through the archives as I'm one to do, I have some books that, you know, dossiers of characters and stuff. And the Firebird came up as like this mythological beast. And I said, well, that thing is impressive. It's the spirit of destruction, just a primal force. Um, And honestly, a lot of people, including Disney character designers, will tell you that he he or it is more powerful than Chernabog in terms of what kind of destruction he levies upon the land. Uh, no alliances and cannot distinguish from friend or foe. He literally or it literally just wipes out everything. So again, there's something to this. There's deep kind of springtime and, and kind of, I don't want to say like, mythology behind it where like it's just the rite of spring t- comes down scorches the earth and everything grows back i mean that's kind of what the idea is uh initially uh has no weakness other than that he cannot create anything all its power is is that it is just 100 percent destruction uh, there is however this is kind of where disney does do characters differently in stravinsky's original ballet uh, it was just a giant phoenix-like creature that is a, benevol- a benevolent, peaceful guide or being. So really, Disney kind of took that and made it the Chernabog mm-hmm. of Fantasia 2000 and created this other lore about the Rite of Spring and it you know, needing to mm-hmm. destroy, and which also gets into religious undertones too, which we're not going to get into on this podcast. But if you You're look not. about it on our sister podcast... The religious guy is uncensored, coming to a no. podcast near oh, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Drew, the Firebird, and I'll tell you what, character design-wise, the Firebird is impressive. Uh, Fantasia yeah. 2000, way overlooked in terms of its artistry. Maybe, you know, okay. its artistry. I Listen, I don't think sure. it's, narratively it's it's junk. It's not good. But uh, its artistry and its design is, is, is beautiful. It really mm. is a beautiful movie. Again, not one you're ever going to pop in and say, hey, kids, let's sit down for 245 and watch it. But uh, if you do get a chance, go check out Stravinsky's uh, Rite of Spring and that and check out the Firebird. Awesome, awesome creature design. Straight out of Godzilla Monsters universe, right? That That's, you know, Godzilla's monsters are known to be oversized giants, yeah. just over the top, like 
that's what the firebird is. Don't think of this small phoenix from Harry Potter. There we are again. Think of like a Godzilla fox. monster. Love fox. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's a yeah, fox great is, one. Fox, you know, uh, Disney guy trivia. Fox is perhaps my favorite character in the Harry Potter series. That's interesting take to it. That that I'd sell that. Okay, I'm going to one that you have all seen, but maybe you don't all remember. And that is Jasper and Horace Baden, Badun, 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 Badun. Let's go Badun. Let's go Jasper and Horace Badun. And that is from 101 Dalmatians. They are the brothers, right? They're the brothers that pretty much worked under uh, Cruella who are just out there skinning puppies. I mean, the horror of that in general, right? But the thing you want to understand about these two brothers are is, I mean, they're just criminals at heart, right? Uh, you know, drinking darts, cards, and, and, and they're always watching and love to watch this show called What's My Crime, which is essentially a show about convicts doing crime, right? Yeah. And it's, it's funny because... They're money-hungry criminals, right? And that's how they get tied up with Cruella is that uh, they'll do anything for money, right? That's like the type of the just the desperate criminals that they are is, you know, Jasper actually shows a lot of like non-respect for Cruella, which kind of pisses Cruella off quite a bit a lot of times, is he's like, nah, no, nah, I'm going to do what I want, you know, I'll skin the puppies, sure, only because I'm going to get paid out of it. And one of the other things that they don't talk a lot about a lot in some of this is, is that one of the other main reasons that Jasper does this is that he thinks deep down, if he creates this horrific crime of skinning puppies, uh, that he'll someday get on the TV show. What's my crime? Right. So right. it kind of goes this full circle. These are just two brothers that are just caught up in the wrong mess, you know, just out there kind of reminds me a lot of the what's their names from like um home alone like they're just those types of guys the uh bandits the sticky bandits whichever yeah, you know. so jasper and horace uh 101 dalmatians not bad so i see we're kind of moving backwards in a timeline except for we are. one that we're going to get to so i'm actually going to go to percival mcleach from rescuers okay. down under Drew, I got to tell you something. When you look up the story of Percival McLeish, let me just give you, I didn't make it all the way to the third grade for nothing. Let me tell you <laughs> something. For a guy with a third grade education, he is pretty cunning. He's, uh, uh, I mean, listen, grew up on the outback. He has killed Marahute's male companion. He's stolen her eggs to smash those eggs or feed them to Joanna, his uh, monitor lizard pet that he abuses for uh, no reason. Yeah. And well. all this in the name of capturing the last golden eagle and selling her on the black market. So you're going to see a developing theme here for the next, uh, for this one, yeah. for what, what you got out of Jasper and Horace and then the next two after this, is a lot of what we're dealing with here are Black market entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, Drew. I mean, are we animal rights activists or something? Because I'll tell you what. I mean, Mc- yeah. <laughs> it's 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 all over Disney back in this time frame, right? I mean, we it's we weird. started with Layton and Tarzan, right? Capturing <laughs> gorillas. Really uh, I mean, weird, Drew. If we sat and thought about it, we could probably name a good half a dozen of these villains that are really like out there animal hunting. 
<laughs> it was just Correct. the time, you know. Right. I, I'll tell you this, though. Um, McLeach is terrifying as a character. Like, his design, yes. uh, his, his voice, his mannerisms. He, he has no respect for anything, but he's a survivalist, man. There's even a bit going around the internet that he didn't actually die at the end. Spoiler alert. When he goes over <laughs> the... 30-year-old. When he goes over the movie. waterfall, when he goes over the waterfall, he actually balls up. And survivalists will tell you that if you go over a waterfall, you ball up because you minimize the impact on one portion of your body and you just take the brunt force of it kind of as a ball. And he does this in Rescuers Down Under. There's a chance he's still roaming the outback looking for Marahute. And I'm concerned. I need a Rescuers Down Under 3 and, and see what happens. That's, that's what we need to happen. He also made did make some appearances in uh, the House of Mouse as well, Drew. Who has it? Who has it? Right. I, and I I can't say for sure I've even even seen these movies. Like within the last thirty years that I remember them. Yeah. Rest of on under. Another no, certainly cut. not. Deep cut. Certainly deep cut, not. Yeah. I would actually love a live action reboot of where this guy came from, like a Maleficent, but like call it McLeach, and just see where he came from as a kid. That he's this much of a dick. Like, it'd be wow. incredible. An, or, an ha- origin story? An origin story of <laughs> McLeach. Be honest, I think it would... I, I, I don't think that's putting asses in the seat. <laughs> probably not, true. That's not <laughs> Who do you people got next? sign up for Disney+. Plus. Right, no, probably for more, not. For, for more of a um, newer one, right? And this one is, is kind of heartfelt story. You could look at it. You could kind of feel bad for the guy. But at the end of the day, he made these choices. Not us. I'm talking about Charles Muntz. And you say, eh, right. that name sounds familiar, but who the hell is Charles Muntz? Well, he is from Up, right? He's that famous explorer that mm-hmm. kind of a Steve Irwin of the time in a way, right? A little different vibe, but but more of the explorer side. So Charles Muntz was this famous explorer. He went out in all these different, you know, African worlds and all these other different worlds, and he was exploring, and he found this new species, as we know, Kevin, right? But he found a bird skeleton, right, of this. So what did he do? He brought this bird skeleton back with him home. He put it on display. He did this big reveal, the showcase, and scientists come out and say, that's not real. This guy's a fraud. Don't believe him. Right. Now, this was like a famous, well-known explorer at the time. Imagine your livelihood you thought you found this huge discovery. You come home on this big stage, and then you get called a fraud, right? Which we right. kind of learned to know that he's, he wasn't a fraud, right? Because of Kevin. Uh, right. But it kind of broke him, right? Because he was he was known as this this happy-go-lucky, like, adventurous guy that people looked up to, including mm-hmm. Carl Fredrickson, right? He looked up to Charles Munson. Right. Like, that was his idol. So kind of just kind of got thrown this at him and kind of turned him into this villain unknowingly right so what does he do he goes back out into his adventuring world and exploring and he says i'm gonna prove the world wrong right i'm gonna find a live bird i'm gonna capture Mm -hmm. him and i'm gonna bring him back home all right you know lost world Jurassic part two here we go so he goes on this adventure he does (laughs) you know we had to bring Jurassic park it's been too long and there's rumors that he will do he he it drains him this this search for this bird he's gonna do whatever it takes and there's rumors and they actually hinted it in the movie a little bit of that he actually killed other explorers out in the world who kind of got in his way so he's gonna do anything it takes to get in his way to kill people 
including, I mean, we see it in the movie. He tries to kill an old man, Carl Fredrickson, and then a young kid, right? Russell, he legit tries to murder them several times. So Charles Munz is just eating up with this fame that he wants it back and all of these things. So, um, that's my, my last villain here that I have on the table, but, um, you guys look at him as maybe not so threatening, but he's, he's threatening. And Bob, your next one here is, is, a, is probably the best one we have on the list. And I actually had another villain from this movie, but I had to take him off because I think it just got overshadowed because, and we'll maybe talk about both a little bit, but the one you mm-hmm. pit probably the most controversial craziest villain in, in possibly Disney history. But so, let me allow you to introduce the person. Let's be honest. Pinocchio itself is a terrifying movie. It is. You got you go from Honest John and Gideon roaming the streets, picking up little kids. Bring up, you got Stromboli as the puppet master, which I know you want to talk about who, who a little bit. Was, threatens Pinocchio that I will burn your body. I will Correct. use your body as firewood. I think he says something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. So, like, he's terrible. Even Monstro, just the whale minding his own business. Yeah. But when you think of Disney villains, one despicable character that just completely gets overlooked in terms of his level of maliciousness and his sinister way and his menacing and dangerous guy is the freaking coachman from Pinocchio. It, mm-hmm. Just give a bad boy enough rope and he'll soon make a jackass of himself. And that, my friends, is the key. The one redeeming quality we can say that the coachman has is that the boys do it to themselves. He says, True. do A, B, C, and D. Don't do E or you're screwed. And they, sure enough, Every one of them breaks the rule. Every one of them. Lampwick, Pinocchio, all their little gang. And all he's doing is selling donkeys that used to be kids. Donkeys on the black market. Again, somebody explain to me. I I can't imagine there's a huge black market. I understand it's an Italian fable. It's different. But it's essentially murdering children. He's murdering children on a regular basis. But aren't they doing it themselves? He does own Pleasure Island, though, Drew. So clearly he's setting them up for failure here. He is uh, outside, and we kid about the whole redeeming quality of that. i got to be honest with you, Drew. This might be the the most despicable character that Disney, and to an extent, I guess, the original author of Pinocchio created. But the coachman is is a... The design of the creature, uh, of the character, frightening. Frightening. Very frightening. And, you know, I have to, I have to again, talk about the elephant in the room here. Now for what we used to call downtown Disney, to have a Pleasure Island um, area for, for adults, right? And yeah. compare that back to what you just said. Disney saying, here's Pleasure Island, right? Visitors, I'm going to, I'm going to put all of these things on a, on a silver platter for you. Let's. Right. And, and I hope you don't make bad choices. Well, let me tell you, Bob, me and you made several bad choices in Disney Pleasure Island, right? It's, I don't know if we it's, made bad choices. Questionable well, choices, sure. 
but but it, it it's funny how it comes full circle. There's got to be something that's saying like, hey, maybe this wasn't the best idea. Maybe like, and Correct. and also clever, right? I mean, how many people also knew Pleasure Island was actually referenced to Pinocchio? I'm not sure many I, people I, did, bro. I bet you many people, one in ten, even even to put the two to two together, you know. So, uh, great villain. I think the, the the other part about the coachman is he kind of sneaks under people's radar, definitely because he's not actually in the movie a ton, no. right? Stromboli. No. Um, if you said who's the main villain in Pinocchio, you'd be like, oh, the the the, the big guy, the big big guy, big mustache, and you know he, mm-hmm. he owns the puppet, like. I'd be like, Stromboli? Yeah, 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 Stromboli, that's his name. Mm-hmm. People forget about the whole Pleasure Island part. I hate to say it, right? Because the coachman right. kind of, like you said, kind of under the radar. Hey, I didn't do anything. They made right. that choice. It's, it's, and you it's know, a con man. It's one of those that I don't know that he has more than like 10 minutes of screen time, to be honest with you. I bet you less. Right. I, I, again, the movie's... 78 minutes long whatever it is i don't think he's in it for more than five or ten minutes but no in that five or ten minutes he is an absolutely terrifying uh character and one that i think goes i think all of these go underlooked overlooked underappreciated in terms of their level of villainy agreed absolutely agreed well bob i think that wraps up the little spooky segment we have here right i think it's mm-hmm. time i think it does Move on over for you know what that means. The random House of Mouse. Yes, Drew, random House of Mouse. Of course, no random House of Mouse is complete without a topic. And tonight we're going to talk about Once Upon a Studio which is a short that was just released at Destination D23 in September and finally debuted on Disney Plus in early October. Uh, Here are my thoughts about what I think is a magical six-minute short. Uh, It's a neat little concept of the animated characters taking a 100th anniversary group photo. Obviously, visual sight gags ensue, hijinks everywhere, But the real star here, to me, are the characters. There are 540 characters from 85 shorts, shows, animated features, and those hybrid live-action animated features as well. From the insanely obscure to the blatantly obvious, there is something or someone here for everyone. From the secretary bird from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Johnny Appleseed from Melody Time, my good friend Chernabog from Fantasia, or right up to the Sensational Six and Asha from the forthcoming film Wish. It is here that I would like to express my biggest disappointment with this, that Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear, none of them, even remotely like in a still frame in the back of the short, appear. I obviously never once imagined that they would be included, but to not even acknowledge that those characters existed seems like a glaring omission to a student of the Disney film archive. But it's a minor thing, and one that doesn't disappoint me to the point of not enjoying this feature. In fact, all of this is a really long way of saying that Once Upon a Studio is a stunning accomplishment for the company. The short never overstays its welcome, and hits most of the right notes in terms of character representation. There are blink-and-you-miss-it cameos, and some insanely creative touches, and starring moments for these beloved characters. 
This is a must-watch for anyone that considers themselves a fan of the Walt Disney Studio. From the masterpiece years of Cinderella, to the dark years of the Black Cauldron, to the Renaissance years of Beauty and the Beast, to the forgotten years of Atlantis, right on through the contemporary classics of Tangled and Princess and the Frog, this short genuinely features something for everyone. And in fact, I would argue that the standout moment is also one of the most genuinely touching moments that Disney has delivered in years. It's a borderline, tear-inducing conversation between Mickey and a portrait of Walt, where the mouse thanks his creator for everything and says these words that I think only Mickey can tell you. Well, that is going to do it for episode 178, Disney Spooks and Scares. For more fun, please visit us on our Facebook group, The Disney Guys Uncensored Ohana. And if you have any questions or comments about any of our episodes, please reach out to us at thedisneyguysuncensored at gmail.com. And whether this is your first time or your 100th time listening to our show, we hope you had a magical time. Thanks for listening to... The Disney Guys, Uncensored.